Welcome to Series 2 of Leading Between the Lines, a podcast from Alternique Inspired Growth with me, Peter Thorpe, as your host. In the coming months, I'll be talking to the people development heads from some of the world's newest, fastest growing companies and finding out how they go about recruiting, developing and retaining top talent for their business. One thing's for sure, it's very different to even a year ago. We've all heard of Tesla, the glory company of electric cars, but how many people know what's going on in the UK as far as developing electric vehicles is concerned? Just as big an environmental impact, probably more, will be from developing electric trucks and buses. And it's happening at Arrival, a company with headquarters in London and research and development in Oxfordshire. So let's find out more about it with Bedford Thomas, Head of Employee Experience at Arrival. Welcome, Bedford. Hi, Peter. Thanks for joining us today. Perhaps we can start with um, just a brief overview of what Arrival's actually doing and what your role is. Yeah, so we are a technology company that recognises that the world we live in needs to radically change and ultimately is on the verge of a radical change when it comes to mobility and transport. Um, And we're at the forefront of that. And most people see that in terms of our vehicles. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'd discuss those in a bit more detail, but really the the main drive is us using technology to change how we move within the cities that we live in today. Um, So we're headquartered in London, uh, as you mentioned. We are also in Russia, in Germany, in Israel, in the US, and we're growing at a very, very fast rate. And my role as head of employee experience, I sit within the automotive side of the business, which is really about taking those beautifully engineered products um, and getting them out into the world. So that is through our micro factory approach to production. And what's what's your particular role, Bedford? So, yeah, head of employee experience, we have a, a talent experience team. Um, I guess other companies may call that HR people. Uh, We call it employee experience. And I think that really touches on the fact that our goal is to make no better working life than this. And that only comes about through a great employee experience. Um, So it's covering the whole remit of of that traditional people role. So we'll come back specifically to your role and the people in a minute. But you mentioned in your introduction there about micro factories. What do you mean by that? So the microfactory approach, and it was actually a big driver in me in me working within this part of, of Arrival, is the idea that we can build a local uh, production facility that supports the needs of that local environment. So you've got local supply chain, local employment, and it really serves the needs of, of a city. So traditionally, OEMs have had large um, facilities. We've seen one close recently in, in Swindon, um, Honda. Uh, and they need to serve a large market to cover their costs. And they're just not as agile as, as our microfactory approach. So it, it's, again, using our pioneering technology to build something that is able to adapt to the needs of that local environment. And from my perspective, the reason why it really interested me is that I grew up in Cowley, not far from the BMW plant, which was once Morris Motors. Um, and I've got family that have worked in, in Morris and BMW, family and friends. And ultimately, 
Arrival are trying to do something different in this space in terms of not have a traditional company uh, for production where people turn up, get paid, go home and don't feel a connection. It's, for us, it's really about building that connection um, to what we're trying to do um, in terms of our environmental impact, in terms of those technologies, as, as we said. Um, and for me, that's the exciting thing for this role. So you've been running now since 2015. You've got over 1,700 employees. And as you said, you've got people in North America, Germany, Israel, Russia, and the Netherlands, which I guess there's a plus side to that, but I'm interested to know what it is. But also there's got to be a negative side to that as well, having them spread all over the globe. Yeah, definitely challenges. I, I would say they're the best challenges to have because the challenges are based on us growing. and, and given. The last couple of years that the economy's faced, I, I don't think that's something that we can moan about. But there are definite challenges that, that we need to consider. And I think talent is probably the, one of the main ones. You know, in the last six years, the, the talent team that, that started the company and helped with that initial growth really played a big role in finding the right people. And one of the first challenges is actually that as we scale, we continue to find the right people. And we look for the right talent and culture add um, instead of getting bogged down in just the technical experience and just that someone who can come in and fill a job. It's really about looking at what can they bring that, that moves us forward and moves that dial forward in terms of impact, because that impact has to come from, from everyone. Uh, and as we grow, we can't allow that to be diminished. So that's one of the big challenges. You know, you've got a growing talent team who hiring people globally now, um, and it's still trying to find those great talents out there um, who add more to us than what we're trying to do. And also we're now known. So you, you've got more people who come and apply to us and they're interested in working with us, but maybe not for the right reasons. Or, or now it's harder to find the right talent because we're looking through a much bigger pool as opposed to previously trying to find those, those interesting people. So I'd say that's one of the big challenges that us as a talent team are, are trying to wrestle with. Um, I'd say another one is communication. I've not been in an organization where communication isn't a challenge, but as we scale at the size that we are, it's making sure that everyone still feels that same sense of connection. Um, I, I'm told stories that before my time of Dennis walking around, Dennis, our CEO, walking around, shaking people's hands, everyone in the office, knowing people's first names, you know, that sense of connection um, and that communication can happen so much easier when you're smaller. When you reach a certain size, that communication, it can change. People distort things. Um, and, and what we try to do as much as po possible is bring people together and share stories, share our goals and our objectives. But again, it, like I say, it is a big challenge. And then I guess one of the most important ones that I talk to people, especially that we're hiring within the operations side of the business, that support functions. It's really around process that doesn't stifle who we are, or more importantly, why we are. Um, and, and what I mean by that is we're now uh, listed on the NASDAQ. We're now 2000 plus people globally. So there's certain processes that are just required. But Ultimately, our role as an operations team is to ensure that there's still innovation that happens, that while we've created certain hierarchy, it means that everyone can feel involved in every project and everyone feels included. Um, and they're the real challenges that we will face 
going forwards and, and other companies have faced them and, and I would say most have been unsuccessful as they grow at that scale and I think that is one of the key points that us as a talent experience team will need need to look at and one of the big challenges that we face growing at the rate we are. Yeah, it's interesting what you say, because um, as uh, an L&D company, we're involved with a lot of relatively new startups. Most of them don't have 2,000 employees. Some of them do. But even if they've got 40, 50, 60 employees, they get to a certain point where they become a scale up rather than a startup and want to double every year in numbers. And they face exactly the same challenges that whereas it was so personal when it was set up, the bigger you get, the more the functions have to change. So the people for you who are working in other countries, are they attached to production plants in other countries or production plants in the UK? So most of the global team are still focused on our technology side of, side of the business. Um, our production at the moment is UK and the US, our micro factories. But that will scale and, and our microfactory growth will be a big part of our growth in the coming years. But for the time being, large parts of the organisation are that R&D side of, of things. So in terms of managers and recruiting and developing managers, that clearly is going to have a major part of you expanding successfully, because if you get that right, you're in the game. And if you don't, you're not. What challenges is that going to cause you when you've got your HR function in the UK and you're looking to recruit, let's say, people with authority and who are going to be responsible for numbers of other people? It's not only one appointment going wrong. It could be a whole team going wrong if you get the management choice out of line. Mm -hmm. And that's what's key for us is we've never been a company built on that hierarchy. It's always been a, a situation that, everyone has a voice so ultimately what we need to create is is across these different companies as we grow it is a feeling that regardless of your title um, or your position or sense of position you have a voice and and by doing that it it removes the manager from a traditional sense of things Um, the manager is there to support to guide to lead the team Um, But ultimately, decisions, if we're going to be successful, need to come from everyone in that team. Um, And and the biggest challenge um, and the biggest role, I would say, for us as a talent experience team is to drive that culture and and ensure that as we scale, managers and everyone recognizes that if they've got a good idea, if if they're not being listened to, if their manager is not able to connect with them, then they can find that connection with someone else within the business, whether that's in a different country, a different department. Um, it's ensuring that voices are heard regardless of, of manager. But then also it's working closely with our management team. That's not ignoring uh, the role of managers, uh, which we call team leads within the business. Because again, th- there's something archaic about that word manager. Um, they're not there to manage people. The, the people we're hiring should have the freedom to make the right choices around what they're going to do to support us as a business. And the role of the team lead is to help with that guidance. And our role, as, our role as a talent experience team is to support them in having difficult discussions and setting objectives. We, we do something and open it up to everyone, which is around strengths finder, which is allowing individuals to explore what their strengths are. And we've got a, a growing number of people trained in our talent experience team to deliver that training. Um, we do another workshop around unconscious bias. 
there's a, a range of workshops that the talent experience team are doing to support that leadership level. Um, so uh, the two things go hand in hand. So Strength Finder, talk to me a bit about that then. Is that a, uh, I guess it's online and face-to-face, depending on how you can do it, is it? Exactly that. So uh, the more and more we're working remotely, um, it's Gallup Strength Finder. Uh, a few of us are certified uh, to conduct, and that's open to everyone. That isn't just open to team leads. Again, it, it goes back to this this feeling that we don't have this only managers, team leads get certain things. Everyone is entitled to get the same experience, and that experience involves understanding who you are and how you approach things and your strengths. Uh, and in having those conversations, it hopefully allows us to, to build up a, a better understanding of each other as a team. Uh, and that's a challenge, again, because of our size and scale. But it's important that us as a talent experience team focus on those things. You've mentioned the word culture a number of times, and everyone mentions culture now, to, to be fair. What are the behaviours that you need to be seeing exhibited for you to know that you're being successful in your department in terms of instilling that culture? Yeah, it's a difficult one because we don't throw around buzzwords in arrival. And I've been places where, where you do that and you define your culture as X, Y, and Z. Uh, and we've really steered away from doing that very thing. So it's hard to say exactly what that would be. But I guess it's more about what comes out at the other end. And, and truthfully, that radical impact that we're trying to have, that is the culture. So we're in a privileged position where ultimately everyone in the world pretty much recognizes we need to make a shift. Right. The, the old way of, of running cars is, is not the right way if we're going to do something about the environment. And that puts us at arrival in a unique position where we have recognized that we are making that change and we're making products that will change the future. And that excites people and that brings a sense of value within the business. Um, but that radical impact, as I mentioned, it plays out in how we deliver objectives um, and it's given people that freedom to be who they are. So it's not necessarily a, a set way of doing something. Everyone has a different way of doing something. Everyone has their own cultural ad. You know, we've got cultural differences from Germany to the, the UK, from Banbury to London. Um, so it's not something specific that that's tangible, um, but it's about the tangible outcomes that, that happen. It's about how we share open communication. You know, there isn't that hierarchy I'll go back to it that's one of our cultural things it's that actually you share with your team all the information that you have because the more information that we can distill across the business the better we all are for that it's those intangible it's those tangible things actually it's not the respect and of course that is vital uh, honesty it's not a set of words that we live by it's an approach that ultimately leads to having an impact and again that is whether you're in talent, whether you're in uh, finance, whether you're in our engineering team, it, it really doesn't matter. And as you're recruiting so quickly, there's going to be a constant opportunity for people who want to buy into that. What type of people, if there is a type, are you seeing apply for these roles? People that want to change the world, I guess. And that sounds really cliche, but ultimately, that's the type of people that are applying um, because 
we get people that have been at traditional OEMs that feel like it's stale and they're doing the same thing. And they know, like we know, that the world is moving forward and they feel that the companies they're at are not moving forward quick enough. Or they feel that there's too much red tape to make decisions. Um, or it's people that genuinely just want to change the, the environment that they're in. Uh, or it's people excited about the growth opportunities and the opportunities for their career to expand. So it's all of those types of people that, that are applying to us and coming forward for, for roles with arrival, I would say, and being successful. I guess it's, it's navigating that high growth, high demand for impact, but lots of autonomy. You know, you're, you're free to decide your destiny within arrival. Um, and it's about being able to show the impact you're making through those choices. You mentioned the gentleman, uh, Dennis, earlier. Um, and Dennis is your CEO uh, with a Russian name that I'm not even going to attempt. But I've read that he chose the UK to set this company up because of the technical talent in the country. Yeah, the UK has been home for a long time to technical talent. Dennis set up in the UK um, because of that access to talent. But I think it's also in recognizing that talent is found globally. And again, this is one of the things that we're trying to do. It's, it's recognizing that while I'm in Vista and there's talent locally here that can help us with our micro factories, with our material design, with our composite design. We also have talent in Tel Aviv that can help us, in Berlin that can help us. It's recognizing that it's not just in one place, but talent has to come globally because what we're designing is a global product. So we will need talent to come from all of these different products, uh, from these different areas rather, to help us deliver something. Um, but, but the UK for sure, to set off from here was definitely in Dennis's plan because of talent to get us started. I see that UPS, the courier company, um, have pre-ordered 10,000 trucks for their delivery people. Um, you haven't actually sold anything yet, have you? We have not sold anything yet. That's a big yet. That it, it will come. The, the world is changing. We we have Amazon, we have Deliveroo, we have all of these providers now using fans. We have all of these local councils recognizing that they want to move to electric buses. And part of the reason they're not able to make that move is cost. And when we're bringing to the market something that meets the cost of an internal combustion engine vehicle, then it's a no-brainer for those local governments or those private companies to, to make that move. Um, so it's only a matter of time. So the price of your vehicles is key, isn't it? Because most electric cars that are out so far seem to cost significantly more than the equivalent diesel or petrol. But your commitment is that your vehicles won't cost any more, I believe. Exactly that. So that's the biggest challenge for entry. Um, you and I may want to move to electric, but the cost is going to be a barrier in terms of private. And it's, it's no different when it comes to buses and vans, businesses, local governments. Again, they're, they're bound by cost. And we're able, again, because of our technology, because of this nimble, agile, robo-factoring approach to, to building these products, able to bring in, it, bring in the vehicle at a cost that, that really works. A bit of a political question, this, but you're also relying on the government to come up with the infrastructure for running these vehicles, because for all the hot air we hear, 
there don't seem to be too many electric charging points around at the moment. And that's one of the reasons why we chose the, the vehicles that we chose to start with, because of the charging points. If you think of a bus, you're able to have a depot, you can manage that charging infrastructure. The same with the van. And you're right, from a private vehicle perspective, that's the challenge for people that are going to, for, for mass adoption to happen, we really need more charging infrastructure globally. But when we talk of the arrival vehicles, it doesn't need as much of that mass adoption because it can be based on the depots and you can understand the routes that will happen. You can understand how long they'll be out on the road and you can make it work from a charging perspective. So what's your background then? Where have you been to, to end up here at Arrival? I My first journey into HR was out in France, working in Paris in a small hospitality business. I then moved back to the UK, wanted to have UK experience. So I worked mostly in technology, worked a bit in advertising with WPP, uh, worked with Ernst & Young with the design side of the business. Um, and then I spent a little bit of time out in Berlin before joining Arrival. And as I said, being from Oxford, having seen people who work within the factory world, seeing the experiences they had, I was drawn to Arrival immediately. It was an opportunity to be back home. It was an opportunity to help build a production facility that is doing something different. You know, we've heard the horror stories of these big companies and, and how they're treating their staff. And for me, for Mike Abelson, our CEO within Automotive, and for Dennis, it's really about ensuring that individuals in these settings have a great experience and they're not treated any differently. Um, it's, it's recognizing that, again, that impact, they can have that same impact, that they can spring ideas forward, that they will drive the business forward. Um, and they're not just resources. And again, it goes back to that title of human resources. It, it doesn't really fit within the world that we live in now to, to, to see my role as seeing people as that resource. Um, but it's really about that employee experience. And for me, the employee experience element comes into thinking about a whole different environment. I've worked in the technology side of things, and, and it's about changing it up and seeing how I can take some of that learning into a production facility. So what's different working for Arrival then? Just one, one or two maybe stark differences that, that, that attract you. The opportunity. Uh, I've, I've never worked. Actually, it's a combination of two things. You've got a vision, a vision that doesn't need to be sold or explained. And again, it doesn't need the talent experience team to write up some slogans about why we're here. It's clear. We, our aim is, is clear. So, so that is powerful in itself. And that helps from an employee experience perspective. And then that is coupled with the opportunity to grow and scale. And I've never been at an organization that has the two of those things. So that means that when you're talking to individuals, their opportunities are endless because arrivals opportunities are endless. So it means that, that you can move into different areas. It means you can work on different projects because there's so many things happening and that the, the scale of our growth is, is so powerful alongside what we're trying to, to sell. You know, if, if I'm telling you that we're making uh, electric vehicles, if I tell you that we're building technology around autonomous driving and software to help us move mobility forward, then it, it's a no-brainer really to see that as a positive thing. And then if we're saying that it's an environment where you're free to, to help pull us forward, 
and provide that impact, um, then that for me is very different. I've worked in great companies with great vision, um, but they've not had the great opportunity or I've worked in great companies with lots of opportunity to grow, but it's not necessarily been the, the great vision that, and, and that is the difference I would say. Which takes us nicely into to the latter part of this podcast to talk a bit more about you. What, what are your values? What's really, really important to you? It kind of follows on a bit, I think, from your answer to the last question. Yeah, and it's linked again to, to where I've come from, I guess, and, and being local to an environment that had people working in a factory. Uh, it's also my experiences of you know, having to get on a bus as a school kid my first roles in London when I came back, um, it was traveling from Oxford to London on a coach, two hours there, two hours back. And it was recognizing that that experience needs to be better. And again, that's the goal of arrival is to make a better experience. And we look at the bus as uh, coming from a working class background. It's the bus is seen as, as something that's not the best mode of transport or for me personally. As once I got to a position where I didn't need to travel on the bus, I didn't travel on the bus. And actually, if we're going to make a change to the world, we need more people to feel comfortable getting on the bus. There shouldn't be a stigma applied to, to traveling on the bus because it's so important to so many people globally, not just in the UK. And it was also so important to me, actually. So I guess one of the big drivers for arrival, going back to your previous question, is that having experienced the bus and it being so integral to how I made my first journeys into work, and now being in a company that recognizing that actually if we change that user experience for the bus journey for people in the same way as if we change it for the van, it can have a huge impact on the experience for people and the environment. Um, and the two can go hand in hand. It doesn't need to be one or the other. Um, so, so that is important for me, that, that experience that people have. Uh, and that's linked to the, the experience people have within a uh, production facility. I think for too long, it's been ignored. Again, I've worked in technology companies. You have your Friday drinks, you have your big Christmas parties. There's lots of communication. Everyone feels connected to something. And I see no reason why we can't have the same thing in a production facility. So for me, that, that for me is at the core of, of one of my values is that, that fairness and, and everyone feeling like they're part of something. Um, honesty. Open communication, again, Arrival meets those things. It, it's why I got involved in the Gallup Strength Finder with the team is because having these deep conversations and helping people understand what their strengths are um, is a great way to look at the world, I would say, and a great way for someone to reflect on themselves. So they're some of the values. And how do your values reflect outside of work? What sort of stuff do you do? Who do you kick around with? What What's going on for you, the person outside of work? Right now, I'm about to have my first child. So at the moment, given COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, as, in, as in pretty imminently? November, so not long. Oh, congratulations to you both. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, so I guess not much given COVID, um, but lots of travel. Uh, and again, it's I keep going back to why I chose arrival when you're asking me a personal question, but the two... Uh, are linked and having lived in Berlin having lived in Paris um, being Caribbean descent living in the UK in a diverse place like London that diversity 
it is something that I cherish and care about. Uh, I'm a lover of history. And I think the two things within arrival work, you know, we often talk to new joiners about the history of the motor vehicle and how if you look at pictures, there was a period where it was horse and carriage and one motor vehicle. And you look 10 years later and it was one horse and lots of motor vehicles. And what we say to people is we're now on the verge of another big leap forward. And because I love history, when I think of that, when I think of, again, William Morris setting up the Morris Motor Factory in Cowley, and now me being based in Vista and building something completely unique, again, for my local community, uh, I think they're things that uh, I care about personally. So, yeah, you mentioned local community. That's important to you? Very much so. Very much so. And that's what Arrival are trying to do with this is it's not just a local community in Vista. It's Rock Hill, our US micro factory. It's building that local connection and local community there. And we will do the same with each micro factory. Wherever we go, it's about finding that local employment, local leadership, local talent that also reflect local ideas on, on what's needed. Because ultimately, the needs of London are not the same as Paris, which are not the same as Berlin. So again, it goes back to we're not building a large factory that has to serve all of those markets. We're finding local talent that understands the needs of that market and building for that, that need. Can I ask you how old you are? 36. 36, right. 36 and having your first child. It's a wonderful time of your life and you've got a lot of work in life, hopefully, ahead. When you hang your boots up, at 60, probably about 80 by the time the pension age kicks in for you, mate, I'm afraid. Then when you look back on your life and you've had one child, I don't know, maybe more, whatever you're blessed with, what would be happy for you to look back on as your contribution to the world? Just your your little bit of stuff that you've given. If I think about it's the, it's the micro factories, you know, that Cowley, um, the plant, there's a local estate called Blackbird Leaves and there's lots of Caribbean community live in Blackbird Leaves and lots of that community and other migrant communities have come to live in that area to work predominantly for now BMW, the mini plant in Oxford. Um, and I just think there's a better way that, that things can be done for, for those communities, as I've said before. And I think if I could look back and say that Arrival were able to build a, a microfactory approach to people that inspired other production facilities to do something similar, then I think that would be a, a very, very cool thing to look back on. Aside from all the other great things that Arrival will do, regardless of me being here or not, I think that would be the one thing that I would be keen to, to, to look back on and, and be happy with. And that's a lovely place to end it. I can certainly see why you're really happy doing what you're doing. I'm getting excited thinking about uh, Arrival just listening to you. You should be excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of these trucks on the road. And I wish you every success, both with your family and your job. Bedford Thomas, thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. If you've enjoyed today's episode and are interested in seeing and listening to more of our content, please do follow us on our LinkedIn profile where you'll find more industry-related material and articles. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode and look forward to you joining us then.